call me sentimental, but to me, the most joyful moment in sports is the soccer goal. And when that goal happens at the World Cup, well, it's pretty good. I'm Brian Phillips. With the 2022 Men's World Cup approaching, I'm making a podcast called 22 Goals on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's about 22 of the most fire emoji goals in the history of the tournament. We're going to have so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem, call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC slim fit trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. It is a Sunday and a Monday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Jodzostrzemski, rocking and rolling. I am stoked. I am fired up. New York City, you should be fired up because guess what? For the first time since September 27th of 2009, think about what you were doing on September the 27th. Of 2009, the Jets, the Giants, the Yankees, and the Mets all found ways to get victories today that were significant, that were meaningful, that had substance. What a concept. What a thing of beauty. I don't know where to begin. We're going to start with the football. It's football Sunday. We got to start with the football. The Jet win is easily one of the most ridiculous football endings I've seen in the last 20 to 25 years. No lie, no exaggeration. That game is over. It is over. The minute Kareem Hunt gets the yards to gain, but the knucklehead runs out of bounds, stops the clock. Then 
you have a situation where Nick Chubb, who's having a monster day and is tearing up the Jet defense, he scores a touchdown. You don't think anything of it, though. Jets are dead. They're down 13 points in a game. Missed extra point. Even at that point, you're not thinking anything of it. Even if it's dumb, even if, you know, you're saying, oh, there's a quimmer. Joe Flacco and the Jets are going to come down the field and score and perform and, and be able to do the things we're able to do? No, there's no shot. Then you get the deep touchdown. Okay. Garbage time for those of you who maybe are involved in point spreads. Maybe some of you who were active in taking the New York Jets plus the six and a half, that was rather significant. And at that point in the game, you know what I'm thinking? In, in all honesty, I'm thinking this is going to be a brutal cover for whoever laid six and a half. And I know there are some of you out there, not a ton of you, but there are some of you that bet against your own team. Your team, you don't like them. They're not any good. Week one performance. Nah, Brown, six and a half, too easy. So I'm thinking, all right, those Jet fans are going to get it the worst. Because Corey Davis scores a 66-yard touchdown. The Browns miss the extra point. It's a six-point game. The Jets cover the number, and any onside kick happens. And then you watch that onside kick, and you're like, holy moly. Jets got the ball. Are the Browns going to be able to screw this up? The answer to that question is yes. And hands down, no questions asked. My biggest positive takeaway from a Jets standpoint is that your first-round pick, Garrett Wilson, absolutely, positively balled out tonight, including scoring the game-winning touchdown inside a minute to play. Eight catches for 102 yards, two touchdowns. And I give this coach a real hard time for the nonsense he pulled last week with the receipts. You look pretty good, though, the week after the fact the Jets find a way to win. Good for you. You have a moment there. And this is where I'm going to defend the coach. And I was yelling and screaming with Beningo about it. I know I heard it from my buddy, my pal, the great Tommy Keenan. Look, give the coaching staff credit for sticking with Joe Flacco this week. They stick with him. He has a monster game, does he not? Four touchdowns, 300 yards. Yes, some of it came in the final two minutes of the game, but it did happen. And then you get the interception to quench it. Because honestly, even after Garrett Wilson scored the touchdown, I'm like, the Browns have enough time to go and break your heart. That is one of those WTF wins for the Jets. What does it mean in the bigger picture? I have no idea. This season, in many ways, is still going to be about Robert Sala. We know that. In many ways, it's going to be about Zach Wilson whenever he comes back and kind of get a sense and kind of get a feel for what kind of quarterback he's going to be. But to take a game that was over, that was done, that was finished, that was lifeless, and to pull it out of the fire? My advice to any of the Jet fans out there listening, enjoy your victory. And now you have a week to relish in it, to savor it, to enjoy it, and get ready for the going to Cincinnati Bengals, a team, might I add, that you beat a year ago in your building. That's what I'd be stoked for. Holy smokes, what a win for the Jets. What an insane couple of minutes. Now, the Giants got themselves a victory, and I got news for you. And one thing, by the way, before I get to the Giants, how about zero line? The onside kick and then the 57-yard field goal? Tip cap. That's impressive stuff. After he had a rough week one. I forgot to mention that. Hell of a job for zero line. Giant game. Look, not as sexy as the Jet win. 
But win is win is a win is a win. The Giant offense had two golden opportunities early in the game off of turnovers to score points. They end up with field goals. The Giant offense in the first half of this game against Carolina, let's be real, stalls out in many ways the way it did in the first half against the Tennessee Titans. When Daniel Jones is missing a couple of throws, when Carolina comes storming back and they take the lead, I know a lot of Giant fans in my life are basically waiting for the other shoe to drop. Are you not? That didn't happen in this game. And the Giants won this game. Let's, let's be perfectly clear on this. They won this game for two main reasons. One, the brilliant defensive game plan that Wink Martindale drew up in containing Christian McCaffrey for the most part. I know he had 102 yards on the ground. He ended up having a 49-yard run. Aside from that, McCaffrey really did not do much in the game. Only had four catches. Didn't kill it. Baker Mayfield did absolutely nothing in this game. Threw for 145 yards. But the scheme, the turnovers, the big play from Love, the defense without Ojoari and without Kayvon Thibodeau looked fantastic. And I know Carolina is not Buffalo or Kansas City or whatever your high-octane offense may be, but the defense went and won them this game. You know what else did? Having one of the premier kickers in the NFL. And you know who the premier kickers are. Justin Tucker's one of those guys. McPherson in Cincinnati is one of those guys. How good is Graham Gano? I mean, Graham Gano from like 56 or 57 yards is money. The guy doesn't miss. And this was the sort of game where you had to put in his hands late and trust him. And I'll say this about the offense. Again, this is where I'm going to give the quarterback some credit. Did he miss some throws? Yes. Did he have a good first half? No. But when this team fell behind, Daniel Jones orchestrated a drive. And it was actually shocking, shocking to see some of the guys who were making plays for the Giants on a day where Saquon Barkley was workmanlike and was better in the second half but was nowhere close to as good as he was week one against the Tennessee Titans. It's James, it's Sills, it's Hudson, it's Bellinger for the touchdown. That touchdown, that answer to find a way to tie the game, shows stones. And it's these sort of elements that have been lacking from this football team for way too many years. They fall behind, they get kicked in the nuts, they're finished. This team's got some fight in them. They got some spirit in them. And to answer back on that touchdown drive, positive. Jones, to get the first down at the end of the game, using his legs, a strength of his, positive. I'm sunshine and lollipops, so I'm a Giant fan. I don't want to hear glass half empty when a team hasn't started 2-0 in forever. You know? I want to hear it. Enjoy it. Cherish it. Now you get ready for a primetime game against the Dallas Cowboys. You're going for a 3-0 start. The New York Giants. Tina has a winning season since 2016. He's going for a 3-0 start. Take the W's any which way you can. Hell of a start for Brian Dable and his boys. Winning ugly is winning as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't apologize for it. Take it. Rack it. Move on. Then you get to the baseball. It was... The sort of baseball day, and really, four more eyes, I would say, on the Met game 
than the Yankee game, even though the Yankees were in a position where they needed a win. Don't get me wrong. They needed a win. But the Mets are neck and neck right now with the Braves. All you need to know about the Mets is they go and sweep a four-game series with the Pirates. To their credit, did exactly what they needed to do. They overcome giving up the three spot late in this game Sunday. Nimmo gets the big hit late in the eighth inning. You tack on a couple more runs. Exactly what you need to do offensively. Great. Beating up the Pirates, exactly what you need to do. You had to. Because think about this. If the Mets didn't sweep this series, even if they took three out of four from the Braves, they would have lost ground on Atlanta, who absolutely spanked the Philadelphia Phillies. The Braves had struggled with the Phillies. Phillies are giving them a hard time. Not this weekend. And now that Ronald Acuna is swinging a bat, oh my, the Braves are scared. Look, the Mets have a terrific team. The Mets can absolutely win the World Series. This division, it, doesn't it just reek of coming down to the final three games? I know it's, a, it's not the last three games of the year, but aren't we at the point now we almost assume it's going to be the Mets and the Braves that final weekend, and that's going to determine who ends up winning the NL East? I'm kind of there. And I think that's what we're going to see over the next two weeks. I think the Mets will play well. I think the Braves will play well. And I think those games are going to matter a great deal. You could not lose this game today. With DeGrom on the mound, I don't care if you go and give up a couple of runs in the process. And I know they gave up three in that top half of six. And it was DeGrom, shockingly, who ends up wearing down, even though he hit a strikeout total, which was an absurd 11 and a half or 12, might I add. Bullpen gave you good work. Rodriguez, the unlikely hero with two shutout innings, with five strikeouts. Haven't seen that basically from Joey Rodriguez all year. That was a must for the Mets today. An absolute, absolute must for the Mets. Now, it wasn't a must for the Yankees because they have more of a cushion in the American League East. They do. But when I see Garrett Cole give up three runs in the first inning and the Yankees were lifeless on Saturday and they lose the game down five, not, up five nothing with Montez on the mound, I am sick. Sick. But the Yankees responded. They responded offensively, putting up 12 runs. And my goodness, isn't it nice to have Anthony Rizzo back in the lineup? Rizzo's back in the lineup for the first time in two weeks. He homers. He has three hits. He's scoring a couple of runs. And that's not the story. Because what is the story in Yankee land? Time and time and time and time again. It's the brilliance of the MVP. And anyone out there who is going to be dumb enough, dumb enough to try to make the argument to me that Otani on a garbage angel team is the MVP over Aaron Judge, and that includes CC Sabathia, who I love. They're damn fools for having that take. How silly can you be? What more does Aaron Judge need to do for you? What more does he need to do? The guy hits 58 and 59 today. He's now, after a four-hit game, right on the doorstep of winning a triple crown. Spare me the nonsense of Otani for MVP. Spare me. I can't take it. I'm sick of hearing about it. I don't know what's the worst take. That or my guy, Russillo, who I love, and he's a goat, and he's a legend, he's an OG. Russillo telling us that two is a backup, by the way. Take that and stick it with a sun don't shine. And I love you, Russillo. You're the best. You're a legend. But that's not one of your best takes. Let's, let's call it what it is. That's, that, that's a bad take. Am I right or am I wrong? That's a bad, bad take. 
between that and hearing about Otani for MVP, that, that will drive me up a wall. That will drive me to drink hearing about that on a nightly basis. I mean, I wanted to explode when I heard that from CeCe the other day, and I wanted to explode when I heard it from Rosello. Come on! That's why I took extra satisfaction when I saw down in Baltimore today. But we'll get to that later in the show. I just, I had to get that off my chest. You know, I think I'm turning to Robert Sala in many ways where I'm saving receipts. And I saved a whole lot of receipts. That's all I'm saying. Saved a whole lot of receipts. But don't let that overshadow. What was a glorious New York day? Now, you don't love Cole giving up four runs. Not great. You don't love Peralta putting Holmes in a dicey situation. Holmes was better today. Needed after Friday. And the Yankees get help because the Orioles beat the Blue Jays. Look, the next two weeks for the Yankees, a lot of the attention is going to be over Aaron Judge and getting that record. And can you imagine if Aaron Judge is trying to either tie or break the Roger Maris record and it is on Apple TV on Friday night? That's a doozy. That's a problem. To quote the old Yankee manager, Joe Girardi, that's not what you want. But I can't let that overshadow the fact the Yankees, the Mets, the Jets, and the Giants won on the same day for the first time since 2009. Let that sink in for a minute. Think about what you were doing in 2009. Uh, I'd probably be getting ready for Senior Sunday at Chuck's right about now, or Fagan's, wherever the hell it was. We got a loaded show for you. Voicemails, I expect them to be terrific. I think they're going to be off the rails. We'll do a little run-through on what was a chaotic and insane roller coaster of a day if you were involved, the witching hour for the one o'clock game, the witching hour for the four o'clock game. We live for this shit, folks. We got you covered every which way. And we'll also set the stage for what we have coming up this week. All right, voicemails right after this. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida. We'll be in New York. You want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. Giddy New York Sports Day. Giants 2-0. Jets stunning the Browns. Yankees win. Mets win. I'm about that action. I am about that action. All right, voicemail time. You guys know what to do. 917-382-1151. And a reminder, we'll have Daniel Jones Tuesday in his weekly spot. Looking forward to that. Thursday, we'll have picks with Joe B. Right now, not looking like a great day for Beningo. For me, it's 2-1 and one going into Sunday night. I need the Packers. And then Monday night, I need the Tennessee Titans. My favorite play of the day lost, the Saints, which we'll get to in a little bit. Brutal, brutal on, uh, on that one, but I don't even care. They had too much good happened today for me to be lamenting one bad beat. You know what? There was a lot of, a lot of quality blessings coming my way in more ways than one. All right, voicemails. Carlos is doing a great job filling in for Stefan. Stefan, by the way, enjoying some vacation. Little R&R. He needs it. I'm sure he's smoking a victory stove right now, celebrating his Jets and Aaron Judge as we speak. Carlos, voicemails. Let's hear him, baby. I'm really happy for the guy. Looking forward to the podcast on Tuesday. And secondly, the team, the thing with Brian Dable here, you can see this was a team that just was good enough to lose. They were knew how to lose, and that was it. And you're seeing right now with Brian Dable and this new staff, 
they're learning and learning how to win, which is great, and hopefully we can keep this going. All right, man. Congrats on the Dolphins win. Looks like you guys are going to hold on here. So good stuff, man. Thanks, as always. Talk to you soon. That is an outstanding point, Pete. Great start to the show. Excellent, excellent call. The Giants have been a franchise that for the better part of the last couple of years, if a game was tight, they'd find a way to screw it up. And they were a team that did a dreadful, dreadful, dreadful job of being able to handle in-game adversity. This game, that opportunity to bury the Panthers early, they don't do it. They fall behind. Their offense is scuffling. Saquon is all bottled up. It's not one that they're going to be waxing poetic about all year about a Daniel Jones stat line or a Saquon Barkley stat line or this just glorious, glorious way you found a way to win. But that's what it is. You found a way. Wins don't need to be pretty every single Sunday. But there is a mentality and an attitude that you need to have where you're going to find a way. Jones missed some throws. But guess what? They're down seven. They need a touchdown drive. He gets you a touchdown drive. Quarterback, chance to ice the game, third and six, makes the play to ice the game. Kicker, makes some monster field goals. Defense, gets some big stops when they need them. The love play was insane. Like, that's the sign of building winning ingredients and trying to get those winning intangibles out of a team. That's what you like so far this year. Is that sustainable? We'll find out over a period of time. But so far, Listen, you have to be head over heels with what you have currently with this coaching staff. And the difference between this coaching staff and the last coaching staff is is eye-opening. There's no getting around it. Eye-opening. When you could argue the other coaching staff maybe have more talent to work with, too, which is, which is saying something. Trust me. Who's next? JJ, this is Elliot from Waypoint. Huge, huge win for the Giants. First time since 2016 or 2-0. I hate to say this, guys. Quarterback might not be the biggest issue this team's got. Um, they got absolutely no separation. He, We might be stuck with him for a couple more years. This is, it is what it is. It, but he's a guy we can win with, I think. You know, I think he's a pretty decent, he's an okay quarterback if he keeps on to progress. Awesome win for the Yanks also, JJ. Have a good one. It was a much-needed win for the Yanks. I'm not going to say it was an awesome win. It was a much-needed win. They could not get swept in this series. It'd be nice for Cole to actually show up and give you like seven innings of one-run baseball, but no. And Cole, listen, I know his numbers are going to be there. I know his strikeouts are going to be there. The, the apologists out there, and I'm, I'm pointing you out, Social Jeff, and I'm pointing you out, uh, great Bob Riggio, who does the, uh, the pick them with me in the Super Contest. These guys... Defend Cole every which way. They can't sit there in a straight face and tell me they think Cole is giving you eight shutout innings in his first playoff start. Please. There's a question. But Judge and the offense, they step up. And the offense looks different when Anthony Rizzo's there. There's no getting around that. They're a better, deeper lineup when he's in the mix. As far as the quarterback, look, it's no secret. I'm rooting for the kid to do well. Did he have a great game today? No, I think he'd be the first to tell you that. There were some plays that could have been made in the first half that weren't. He got away with a ball that easily could have been a pick six. It wasn't. Did he show me some stones? Did he show me a little hutzpah in the second half? He did. 
Did he make some winning plays at the end of the game? He did. It's something to build on. And I'm with you on the, the lack of explosive skill position players for the Giants. But remember, when Del Robinson is not there, Tony has been a non-factor. Galladay has been an absolute stiff. They're not great at wide receivers. They spent a lot of money on wide receivers, but they're not great at wide receivers. And that is something that I think could hurt them in the days and the weeks ahead. There's no doubt. Okay, who's next? Hey, JJ, this is Jeremy from Long Island. So, watching the Jet game, it was over to me. I stopped watching, and then I saw my phone that they recovered that onside kick. So I ran back to the TV, and oh, my God, what a win. I just wanted to highlight two things about it. One is Garrett Wilson. I was so impressed with his poise. He drops that ball that looks like it's the end of the game, and then he comes out and gets that game-winning touchdown. And he just looks like an incredible receiver that we haven't seen in a really long time in a Jet uniform. So seeing him out there was fantastic. And the second thing is Joe Flacco. And I was one of those guys that really thought maybe we should start Mike White. I don't see what this guy provides. He can't move. But his poise in those last two minutes was really something. He's a guy who's been in Super Bowls, been in playoff games, and it really showed. If Wilson was in that situation, I don't think there's any way that we could have gone on those two drives, one with the eight-yard pass and the other where we went down the field. I'm amazed we got that win. I'm very happy. I was going to be very upset about Salah, about the whole organization if we hadn't. And it's just funny how the breaks in the game of football can work your way sometimes and totally change how you feel about your team. So I'm looking forward next week back home against Cincinnati. And uh, unbelievable win. That is such an outstanding point. Think about the vibe and the feel around the Jets a week ago, a few days ago, and what it is right now. That sort of win in that sort of situation, in many ways, it just allows everyone to exhale. It allows everyone to breathe a little bit. We got, okay, we're on more stable footing. Let's see what we can do next week against Cincinnati. Let's wait until we get our quarterback back. It is a week-to-week league. We all know that. You ride high one week, you get shot down immediately the following week. That's life in the NFL. But I'm not willing to say, like, this game now for the Jets is like a season shifter. Not there yet. Talent's not there. I need to see a lot more. But it's the sort of game that you need if you want to have that hope. And I know that there are plenty out there. Trust me, I know who you are. You want to believe. You want to have hope. You want to get into these games. Well, you guys steal a couple every now and again when you're a bad team. You just stolen today. This game, when, when Hunt is going out of bounds, even as it goes out of bounds, the percentages of the Jets winning this game, and I don't have them in front of me. I don't have all these analytics. Uh, I could look later. I'm sure I could give you an exact uh, game probability. If you want that, you could find it on the internet. But I would say it's close to 97 to 98%. And it probably would have been zero, of course, if they didn't run out of bounds. That's true. That's 100% true. Take it. And you love getting one of these. They're great. Like, they're exciting. They're exhilarating. But you're a young player. You're a first-round pick. Two touchdowns, including a game winner. That's more important than this insane comeback. Long-term, bigger picture for the Jets, it's far more important. All right, let's take two more. Let's hear them. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. JJ Davis from Brooklyn. I am super pumped after the win today. 
I don't remember being this excited about this about a win. It's probably Rex Ryan's days when they beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Uh, what a great win. What a great all-around win. And, yes, there are things that you want to criticize the team about. The defense played terrible. There were these stupid drops on uh, these, these drops by the receivers who were turning around to run before they catch the ball. The, the, Miles Garrett and, and Clowney were behind the line. But you got to give credit because when the defense needed to make a play, they made a play. When the offense needed to make a play, I mean, Flacco moving out of the pocket to avoid the rush. Flacco running for a first down. These are, these are sentences I never thought I would say. At the end of the day, it's about wins in the NFL. doesn't matter how you get them, especially when you're a young team building. It's about the Ws. The Jets got the win. That's all that matters. They outplayed the Browns. Look, the Browns are the Jets of the Midwest. It takes a team like the Jets to, to play the, the Jets of the Midwest in order to win a game. But it doesn't matter how you get it, who you get it from. We'll take the W. We're excited, fan base. We're energized. I know you guys in Miami are probably going crazy. Uh, this week with the Dolphins, what a win over the Ravens, great win. But the Jets fans, we will take it. We finally have something to celebrate, finally excited. And uh, for one week at least, dollars off the hot seat. Love you, JJ. I love the spirited J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And you're so right about how the narrative of this game just dramatically shifted. Because what we would have been talking about if the Jets had lost this game is the fact that their defense got absolutely destroyed by Chubb and Kareem Hunt every which way. Gave up 184 yards of rushing. Couldn't get a big stop. Couldn't get off the field. That all goes out the window now. Joe Flacco made some big plays in this game. Big, big plays in this game. And seeing a young player step up is enormous. Look, it's one win. Not going to get nuts. But you think about jet wins that have been exhilarating the last few years. There haven't been many. The Mike White experience last year, sure. Uh, they had a good win, I want to say, in 2017. Then overtime win, I want to say it was against Jacksonville. I could be wrong on that, but I think it was against Jacksonville. Okay. This is probably outside of the White game. The walk-off against the Patriots in 15, I gave you like three games. It hasn't been much. We'll see if this is something the Jets can build on. That's the overarching question. We'll see. But for a week, for a couple of days, enjoy it. Because you won a game you had absolutely no business winning, and you live to tell about it. You live to die another day. That's the way I see it. Nutty. I st- uh, thinking about the way that game ended and transpired, I'm still, I'm still shell-shocked thinking about it. Still shell-shocked. Last but not least, let's hear it. JJ, my man, how you doing? Sean from Long Island coming off an incredible 1 p.m. slate with the Jets and now the Dolphins. Total insanity. Glad to see this finally dead that we can both be celebrating. Feels like it's been forever since that. Uh, with all due respect, today with the Ravens and the Dolphins made me even more bullish on the Jets' week one defense against Lamar and company. And today, just an unbelievable win against the Browns. You know, sure, they need a little luck with the onside kick, but, you know, Flacco has got these guys rallied. You know, Zach Wilson, get better soon, but uh, Salah might have a big decision on his hands here when it comes to the quarterback. I know there's so much stake in him, but just seeing that sideline, seeing the, the team rally around Flacco, unbelievable. And the Giants 2-0 as well. Man, what a change for your podcast in terms of the mood of football around here. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, man. I'll talk to you call later on, but uh, you take care. Congrats again. Later. 
Well, Sean, I appreciate it. I couldn't disagree more, though, when it comes to the quarterback controversy or quarterback talking point and decision point. Zach Wilson's a quarterback as soon as he gets back. Yes, they like Joe Flacco. Yes, he had a terrific game today. He's a quarterback on the north side of 35. Let's not get nuts. This is a great win. Let's not get nuts. And I would have agreed with you on the Jet defense because, yeah, they did hold Lamar and company in check in the first half of that game last week if it wasn't for the Jet defense that you got today. Jet defense today was awful. It was absolutely awful today against a quarterback who's not any good in Jacoby Brissett. And you knew what the Browns were going to do going in this game. And how many times was Amari Cooper wide open for a big play? Doesn't matter now. And you can allow that euphoria to kick in because when Chubb goes in for that touchdown, even as the mathematical probability increases that the Jets could win the game, and it did, it did, it probably went up three or four percentage points, give or take. What Jet fan on planet Earth thought the Jets were coming back and winning that game right then and now? Not a freaking soul. So let's be real about that. Not a soul. Got a little lady luck on your side. Like I say, for a week, Robert Sala and company can relax. Game plan for Cincinnati. 0-2 Bengals coming in. That's going to be a very angry, hasty Cincinnati team. But as we go through our run-through around the NFL, which we will in a little bit, that's the Cincinnati team that is struggling. Struggling mightily in protecting their quarterback. Is that something the Jets, there? I say, can take advantage of? Great calls. Get them in for Thursday's show at 917-382-1151. They were terrific today. Love the passion. Love the energy. 917-382-1151. When we come back, it was insanity across the NFL. The highlight of the day? I think you guys know where I'm going with this. That's coming up next. Just because you wrestle alligators for a living doesn't mean you should have the skin of one. Say goodbye to dry and cracked skin with Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash with vitamin B3. Made for 24-7 renewing moisturization with daily use. With scents of vanilla and shea, people will think you've taken up candle making as one of your hobbies. And there is nothing wrong with that. Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash. Shop Old Spice now. So, the jet ending had to be the most insane ending of a game we saw in week two. However, the game of the day, the turnaround of the day, how about my dude Tua? Tua! Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, count them, six touchdown passes. And the Miami Dolphins, who are getting spanked in this game, spanked, they're down 21 points in the fourth quarter. They have absolutely no answers for Lamar Jackson. Even after Gesicki scores a touchdown, Lamar comes right back, boom, 80 yards down the field. I'm like, all right, that's that. 21-point game. Done so. And the Miami Dolphin offense kept attacking. And... Anybody going to sit there and tell me the Tyree Kill trade was a bad trade for the Miami Dolphins? Did you see what Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle did for the confidence of young Tua? He's a different player. Even in the first half, when the Dolphins only ended up putting up seven points, they were moving the ball well. This is a confidence and a bravado and a swagger I've not seen from Tua since his days at Alabama. And he should be confident with those guys he's throwing the ball to. 
So I, I hope Bill Simmons and I hope that Ryan Russillo, who are like the leaders of the Tua Sucks fan club, I hope they watch the game today. I tweeted that out. I hope they watched. Simmons even texted me when they cut it to seven. Garbage time. My ass. Garbage time. My ass. I'll call it 28 unanswered. It's amazing how polarizing a player Tua is. And I get it. He doesn't throw the prettiest ball. He doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not the biggest guy. You know what he does? He wins. Look at the record for the Miami Dolphins when he starts games. He wins. So I had extra satisfaction in that one today. And Waddle was some player. You know, Tyreek Hill has the gaudy stat line. Waddle was making plays all over the place. Now we'll learn that much more about the Dolphins because they have the Bills coming up. That's one team that has owned them. They've eaten their lunch. They've punked them every which way. I'm giddy. That's a game I don't expect them to win. Go and compete, though. Games at home. Buffalo on a short week, go and compete. I'm going to enjoy this. This game, this comeback today was just, whoo, beyond stellar. Patriots 17 of 14 over the Steelers. The Aguilar deep pass ends up being a difference in the game. And what a sequence. Basically, New England looks like they're on the ropes. Looks like Mac's going to get intercepted. Boom. Pittsburgh drops the interception. Boom. Then you have a punt. Miscue. New England ends up getting points out of that. Steelers rallied a little bit late, too little, too late. Love the Patriots in that spot. Obvious Patriots spot. They're one-on-one. The Steelers, listen, they're just not a very good offensive team. And I think you're going to see that over the course of this season. Colts, what an absolute no-show for them. My goodness, can they not win in Jacksonville? Jacksonville, 24-0 over Indy. Game was never close. Efficient day out of Trevor Lawrence. Good day out of Mr. Kirk, who has two touchdowns. And the struggles for the Colts continue in that building. Remember, Jacksonville knocked them out of the playoffs last year in week 18. Now, one thing to remember about the Colts before you write their obituary, under right, they always get off the slow starts. That is something to watch in week four and week five and week six. They are a great October team. So be mindful of that. Uh, this one we got wrong. I was very confident in New Orleans. I was very wrong when it comes to the Saints. 20 to 10, Tampa finds a way and it was not a particularly pretty offensive game for the Buccaneers, but the Perriman deep touchdown ends up being the difference. Some very sloppy football from the New Orleans Saints. Three Jameis Winston interceptions. I mean, you get the full Jameis experience. That's what it boils down to. You get some good, and you get some bad, and you get some ugly. Uh, the Saints clearly missed Kamara today, but you know what? Tampa Bay was missing Godwin. Tampa Bay was missing Julio Jones, and they hadn't won in New Orleans aside from the playoff game. It's a big win for the Bucs. Maybe got a little too overambitious there with the Saints. Happens. Lions, good win for them. Goff throws four touchdowns. The St. Brown is terrific. He is a terrific, terrific player. He has 68 yards rushing. He's got two, two touchdowns, 116 yards receiving. And the Lions got up big. They survived Wentz, storming back. And you're thinking, all right, the Lions are going to find a way to screw it up. They don't. 36-27 over the C-words. So... Both teams at one and one on the year. I like the Lions. You know, I like them in that game. Carson Wentz wasn't starting off the year two and out. All right, four o'clock slate. I know the Broncos won 16 and nine. Great. Their coach is a problem. I mean, did anybody watch some of the coaching decisions today from Nathaniel Hackett, who was awful in week one? Awful. Week two, he's running end of rounds to his tight end. You got all sorts of sloppiness. Wilson was terrible for two and a half, three quarters. I know it's early, 
But this is a game, and the last two weeks to me would kind of signal mm, hesitation on the Broncos. That's a tough AFC West, too. I'm not ready to go all in on Denver. And that's why I like the Chargers and I like the Chiefs more going into the year. Coach is going to be a problem. Texans are going to be in games. I'm telling you this about the Texans. They're not any good, but they compete their tails off. Saw it at the end of last year. Saw it again here this year. Niners, 27-7 over the Seahawks. That's not the story. Trey Lance gets hurt. Done for the year. And aren't the Niners thanking their lucky stars that they kept Garoppolo? Even if they didn't want to, they got to be saying, thank goodness, this season will be done. And now it's an opportunity for Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's with the Niners or it's with another organization to say, hey, guess what? This is what I can do. From a futures market, and I'm sure we'll talk about this on East Coast Bias come Tuesday, I'm more inclined to believe in San Francisco now than I was a week ago. The Niners win with Garoppolo plays. This is a perfect buy low spot for the Niners. Seattle short week coming off that win. I love the Niners today, 27 to 7. Rams Falcons got nutty. The Rams are kicking the crap out of them. You had a block punt. You had Drake London coming alive. Atlanta had a legitimate chance to go and win this game before Jalen Ramsey had the late interception. Rams, they'll take it. They're one and one on the year. Gaudy numbers for Stafford. Cooper Cup is just unguardable. Let's call it what it is. Um, and the Falcons are going to be one of those teams that plays a lot of close games, they put up a lot of points, and they find a way to lose. That's kind of the Atlanta Falcons in a nutshell. Bengals and Cowboys. Cowboys got a big. Joe Burrow is getting his ass beat in this game. And the Bengals will not see Joe Burrow survive the season if the offensive line continues to play like this. What happened to the Bengal offensive line that was so improved that I heard about all offseason? It stinks. It is dreadful. I mean, Burrow is just taking a beating in these games. Now, he came storming back. He made some big throws. He got T. Higgins involved. They tied the game. But they couldn't capitalize on their final offensive possession. The Cowboy defense stepped up. And then Cooper Rush made some plays. Give him credit. And they ended up drilling the long field goal to win the game. That is a monster win for the Cowboys. And now the Bengals, 0-2, coming to a place they lost a year ago. MetLife Stadium and the Mike White experience. That Super Bowl hangover, folks, I talk about it all the time. It is real and it is spectacular. I'm telling you, be careful with that with Cincinnati. And then finally, holy smokes, what a win for the Cardinals. The Cardinals look deaded and dead in this game. They get smoked 20 and nothing in the first half. Even in the third quarter, they look cooked. Kyle Murray is one of those guys, he's frustrating. There are times it looks like it's kind of seamless and effortless. Like, used to hear this a lot with Bernie Williams. It looks like he doesn't care. It looks like he's not trying because he's that physically gifted. That's the way Bernie was. That's the way Kyler is. You saw Kyler turn it on. And even when guys were dropping passes and even when he couldn't count on receivers because he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, he won him that football game today. That insane two-point play. The insane touchdown at the end of the game to tie it. Then the two-point conversion to go and get the game in overtime. And then he delivered a dime to Hollywood Brown. Now, I don't like the play call for what it's worth. It's fourth to one. Don't run 30-yard out. And I know Hollywood Brown should have caught the ball and it was a great throw from Murray. I, I was fighting about this with the great Alex Flavin, who, by the way, is red hot in the Super Contest. I mean, we're doing all right. He, he, he's on fire. I mean, he's basically fighting with me on text saying, oh, it's a great play, blah, blah, blah. No, it's not a great play because it didn't work. Like, 
the percentages go down when you're throwing the ball further down the field. You get what I'm saying? Something could go wrong. Defender could make a good play. Shit happens. But the Cardinals get bailed out. Renfro gets popped, strip sack, touchdown. And the guy who scored the touchdown almost fumbled it in the end zone. He almost did. But that's a monster win for the Cardinals and the Raiders. Now with a loss to the Chargers and a home loss, terrible home loss, 0-2 to start off the year. Think about some of the gambling swings today. Imagine if you had the Rams. Imagine if you had the Raiders. Imagine if you had the Ravens. Imagine if you had the Cleveland Browns. Imagine. Football. It's a wonderful, wonderful game, isn't it? All right, we'll come back. We'll give you a pick for the Monday night special with Jeff Money. We'll detail the week. That's coming up next. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, Jeff Bunny, there are two games on Monday night. The floor is yours. What do we got? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks of the before tomorrow, Monday the 19th. So as far as, uh, as I'm leaving this message right now, the 1 o'clock games are done. What a fantastic win for your Dolphins. We uh, covered there with my money play. I was 1-2 and two on a day so far going into the 4 o'clock games as far as the uh, Wise uh, for the super contest style, but I did have to feel that today's line was a push, so I was one one and one for me. But as far as the pull, one and two. Okay, as far as for tomorrow's action on Monday the nineteenth, as you know, on Monday night football, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills minus a ten over the Titans, and I'm adding a baseball game. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Guardians minus the one ten over the Minnesota Twins. Again, I'm going to go in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Bills minus the ten, and in baseball, the Guardians. Minus the 110, and everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. You know I'm on the Tennessee Titans, and I'm giving you a bonus play for tomorrow night. I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings. I am, I'm breaking one of my own rules, folks. I'm betting on Kirk Cousins in prime time. I know that's going to end well, but I'm taking the Vikings. Everybody's on the Eagles. I'm taking the Vikings. I think they're a better team. Give me Minnesota plus two and a half. I don't think they have an answer for Jefferson and Thielen. The more and more I think about it. I do like Tennessee plus the points, though. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction there. I think Buffalo wins, but I'll grab the 10. We got a loaded week coming up. The Yankees have an opportunity to go and feast. Pirates, Red Sox, and we're going to be on Judge Watch. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be real. It's going to be spectacular. And got to think at this point, he's breaking Roger Maris' record, right? I mean, I wouldn't bet against it. I wouldn't bet against the Triple Crown at this point. Mets need as many wins as possible. Brewers are going to be a pain in the ass, though, because Brewers need wins. You saw that against the Yankees this week. Brewers are going to be tough. What do we got coming up this week? Tuesday, Daniel Jones in his weekly spot. Thursday, Joe B, our dice, cats, voicemails, all the stuff we do. Maybe a live mixed in at some point during the week, maybe on Tuesday over the weekend. You know, where we'll be Sunday before the NFL games. I want to thank Carlos, who did a fabulous job stepping in for my guy, Stefan. Enjoy Victory Monday, New York. Everybody wins. Yankees, Mets, Jets, Giants, and my guy, Tua. What a life. Six touchdowns. I'm out. Enjoy your Monday. Be good, everybody.